Thank you for listening to Temporary Circumstances. I'm your host, Alina Sowers, a licensed professional counselor in Ohio. And I'm your co-host, Cora Mayfield, a licensed professional clinical counselor in Ohio. In this podcast, we will discuss many uncommon topics on all matters mental health. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to assess, diagnose, or treat a mental illness. For those services, please contact your local mental health provider. On this episode, we're going to talk about bipolar disorder. Bipolar disorder is sometimes also referred to as manic depressive disorder. There is a stigma about bipolar disorder, as there is about most mental health disorders. But in relationship to bipolar in particular, sometimes we hear things like, oh, she's bipolar. And what it really is, is someone is maybe shifting moods and we don't like their behaviors or how their mood has changed. And we tend to throw that around a lot. Uh, We also see people who we may say are moody and we might call them bipolar as well. But there is a lot more to this disorder than simple moodiness as we'll talk about today. We're not exactly sure what causes bipolar disorder, but genetics, brain structure, and stress all play a role in uh, the development of a bipolar disorder. Bipolar disorder is characterized by periods of depression and mania. And what I mean by mania, these are periods of time where an individual may be persistently and abnormally in an elevated or irritable mood. This disorder is not typically diagnosed before the teenage years. So this manic episode that we're talking about is often the the piece of bipolar disorder that people stigmatize. And they believe if somebody is what they feel is irrationally angry or irrationally energized, that they may be bipolar. But people suffering from a true manic episode have these elevated energy levels and an elevated mood for at least a solid week. And sometimes it can last several weeks or even months at a time, each episode, manic and depressive. And as we talk about that mania piece as well, that this, when we talk about a bipolar disorder, we're not talking about mania that's induced by a substance or a medication. So this is not something that's related to substance use. And there are actually two bipolar diagnoses in the DSM. One is bipolar one. This is the traditional bipolar that we are usually seeing in media with the extended periods of time in a depressive episode and extended periods of time in a manic episode. Bipolar two diagnosis is usually met by a shorter period of time uh, for a manic episode called hypomanic. So for a second, we'll just talk about those and what they look like. A manic episode, again, that's when someone experiences experiences an elevated or irritable mood and goal-directed activity or energy for a period of time. These symptoms do represent a significant change from usual behavior, uh, and we can see that in things like maybe inflated self-esteem or a decreased need for sleep or a flight of ideas, racing thoughts, or could even be involvement in dangerous activities. 
sometimes we don't think of mania as being dangerous, but this is an important piece to be mindful of. Because, for example, someone could be in an elevated mood and they might be driving down the highway much faster than they should be, or they may engage in some kind of behavior that they wouldn't otherwise engage in that could potentially be very dangerous. The flight of ideas is often misunderstood as well, and also the goal-driven activity. So flight of ideas could be that lots of different amazing ideas come to this person. So we see a lot of different projects started, but nothing totally completed. And then the goal-driven behavior sometimes looks like this idea that they've come up with and they are so totally focused on that idea that sometimes all of the things going on in the rest of the world are completely blocked out for them. This could create some of those risky behaviors. Like someone could be so focused on this task that they could potentially walk out into traffic or walk into a dangerous situation. For a hypomanic episode, the difference is that this change in behavior and this elevated irritable mood and, and goal-directed activity or energy, all of these symptoms, they are typically present for less consecutive days in a row than for a manic episode. So for a diagnosis of either bipolar 1 or 2, the criteria for a major depressive episode has must have been met at least one time in the person's lifetime. Sometimes with bipolar one, this can come immediately following a manic episode, but they don't necessarily have to be one right behind the other. Uh, the depressed mood to meet the criteria for a major depressive episode is depressed mood or loss of interest and in pleasure in activities, sleep problems, thoughts of death, lack of motivation, those types of symptomology. And again, there does need to be some sort of impaired functioning across social, interpersonal, developmental, occupational, physical health domains. For bipolar disorder, we have to be especially cautious to keep an eye on potential signs of suicide as well. Lifetime risk of suicide in individuals with bipolar disorder is estimated to be at least 15 times that of the general population. That's according to the DSM. So a lot of times people can be misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder. Sometimes we see that in people with trauma-related mental illness, such as PTSD or another um, other specified trauma-related disorder. Sometimes people with other mental disorders can be misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, one example is somebody with, tra with trauma-related symptoms who has PTSD or another trauma disorder sometimes can be misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder. And also bipolar disorder sometimes has some psychotic symptoms. Psychotic symptoms can mean delusions or it can also mean hallucinations and or dissociation. Sometimes people with bipolar disorder with those psychotic symptoms can be misdiagnosed with schizophrenia. We've also seen bipolar disorder be misdiagnosed as borderline personality disorder. An accurate bipolar diagnosis is pretty rare. Bipolar disorder affects approximately 2.6% of the U.S. population age 18 and older every year. That's according to the National Institute of Mental Health. 
The National Association on Mental Illness states that nearly 83% of cases of bipolar disorder are classified as severe. That means that there's a significant impact on the ability to function from day to day. And more than two-thirds of people with bipolar disorder have at least one close relative with the illness or with a unipolar major depression, which indicates that the disease has a hereditary component. So the treatment for a bipolar disorder is primarily based on mood stabilization and addressing symptoms in the different phases of the bipolar disorder. We do look at medication and therapy when we look at bipolar treatment. Medication is important for mood management of bipolar disorder. So the most well-known medication for bipolar is lithium. Lithium response rates are about 40 to 50%, according to the Surgeon General Report for Mental Health. You might also see someone with bipolar disorder treated with an antidepressant, a mood stabilizer, or anti-anxiety medication as well. According to NAMI, there are a couple therapies that are more popular for treating bipolar disorder than others, and those include family-focused therapy, CBT, DBT, and group therapy. For family-focused therapy, it can be helpful to focus on education about this condition, the symptoms and what they look like over time and the causes, as well as recognizing those warning signs. Throughout family treatment, too, we can work on what to do as a family to prevent the episodes from getting worse. Also, you might focus on communication and problem solving as well. With CBT, we look at identifying negative assumptions and thinking patterns, and we work on challenging ourselves and to find more adaptive ways of thinking. With CBT, it can also be helpful to monitor activity levels, and that's both during mania and depressive episodes. DBT teaches mindfulness and distress tolerance skills such as the ability to experience moment-to-moment thoughts, emotions, and their accompanying physical sensations from an observer's stance without negative judgment. It also teaches uh, emotion regulation and interpersonal effectiveness. And group therapy can be helpful. The group therapy provides support and suggestions from others that can be helpful. And it's also beneficial to people to help them reduce feelings of isolation, just knowing that they're not alone um, and that other people are, are dealing with similar things. One important point to keep in mind when we're discussing bipolar recovery statistics is that bipolar disorder is a lifelong disease. Treatment can help people with bipolar disorder lead lives that are mostly unaffected by the disease. And according to the recovery village, 90% of people receiving treatment for bipolar disorder reported that they are satisfied with their treatment. All right. I think that about wraps up our episode on bipolar disorder. Thank you guys for joining us for this episode. Thanks for listening to Temporary Circumstances. Find us on Instagram and leave us a review.